This episode is presented by Wild Dunes Resort, a resort unlike any other. Wild Dunes offers something for everyone. Award-winning golf, tennis, pickleball, and sparkling pools, delicious on-site dining, and memorable outdoor adventures. Located just outside Charleston in beautiful Isle of Palms, South Carolina, Wild Dunes offers 36 holes of signature golf designed by Tom Fazio. The Lynx course was Fazio's first solo design and is still among his favorites today. From the rustling palms lining the rolling fairways to a finishing hole overlooking the glistening Atlantic, the Lynx course is South Carolina golf at its finest. The Harbor Course, another of Fazio's gems known for its challenging design, beautiful views, and most of all, water. From lagoons and salt marshes to the intracoastal waterway, this course will test all aspects of your game. Whether it's an afternoon golf outing or a week-long excursion, you will enjoy every minute of your golf vacation at Wild Dunes Resort. Learn more about Wild Dunes at wilddunes.com. Welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast. I'm Al Lunsford, joined as always by Joe Passoff, my co-host. Joe, uh, sometimes you and I are specialists. Oftentimes, we're just generalists, as we probably will be today with our topic of conversation. But we are blessed and lucky to be joined by a specialist today uh, to talk about yoga, the practice of yoga, how it can benefit you as a golfer. And we are joined by yoga and movement specialist, friend of mine, Lauren McMillan, founder of Yo Golf Performance, Y-O Golf Performance. If you want to go look that up separately on your own, uh, Lauren will share with us some exciting uh, offers and and ways you can get involved with her uh, at some point in this conversation. But uh, Lauren, thank you for joining us today. Uh, What is it that you do as a yoga and movement specialist? Well, first, thank you so much for having me. It's great to chat with you both. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity. Um, But yes, uh, like you said, I'm a yoga and movement specialist, uh, specifically working with golfers. And the site that I founded yogolfperformance.com is an online yoga studio for golfers. So it's a place where golfers can go truly any time of day, no matter where you are, to stream classes based on length, level, golf swing concern. But I also work with folks one-on-one as well, both in person and online, to help them move better, feel better, learn how to play without pain, and ultimately play longer. So there are a lot of benefits, obviously, that stem from practicing yoga in everyday life, whether you're an athlete or not. Um, Baseline, for someone who's a very, you know, Beginner has never practiced yoga, um, has no real concept other than knowing what yoga is. Um, What are the general benefits of practicing yoga? Sure. You know, I think people initially go to yoga to improve flexibility. That's probably across the board why people start. Um, But it goes so much more beyond that. You know, we're improving balance. We're improving focus. We're learning how to strengthen the mind-body connection, learning how to utilize and tap into the breath. Um, people are often surprised to find, um, the strength component that can come from yoga. So I think, you know, going back to first and foremost, people go in to improve flexibility, to relieve stress. Um, but then they're pleasantly surprised at all the other benefits that stem from it. I can attest I I've done, I don't know about you, Joe, but I've never been actually in person to a studio and taking a class or anything like that, but I've done videos, you know, Peloton or Apple Fitness, they have yoga, 10-minute, 20-minute yoga sessions you can do. 
you'll break a sweat. It's, it's not like it's just mm-hmm. easy work and you're, um, just doing a little bit of light stretching. You can actually, you know, full on, this is, this can be a workout for you. Definitely. Joe, do you, uh, have any experience in the yoga field? Uh, well, Al kind of slim and none, if you will, by the same token, uh, I understand that yoga has benefited hundreds of thousands of athletes, including golfers. And one of the things, Lauren, that you mentioned right off the bat as a benefit that I kind of forgot about was you mentioned breathing in addition to balance. But, you know, when we think of yoga as maybe just fancier stretching, um, explain why yoga is far beyond say a simple stretch before you tee off and and then let's get into some of those other benefits that you described including breathing focus you know when golfers get nervous on the first tee or over a big shot or a putt or something how can yoga help in those regards again above and beyond stretching yes there's a lot to unpack there. Where to begin? Okay. Um, right. Yes. When golfers, let's just say when golfers tell me that they, they stretch before they play a round of golf. Awesome. That's great. It's far better than doing nothing. However, it really depends on exactly what you're doing and how you're doing it. So if you're doing just some passive stretching before a round of golf, that's not necessarily warming up your body and your nervous system the way that you want it to. I always tell guys, if you're going to pick a time of day to stretch, be it in the morning or in the evening or sometime in between, I would rather you do it toward the end of the day, um, if not before you go to bed, because your body has had all day to move and to warm up rather than just waking up first thing in the morning, dropping into a split. I know y'all are practicing that on the regular and, and ending up hurting yourself or straining a muscle and potentially making things worse, or at the very least, not getting the most out of it. So when it comes to golf, we want to do more than just stretching. We want to incorporate some sort of dynamic warm-up. So making it more of an active stretch, getting the joints loosened up, increasing circulation, prepping the nervous system, tapping into the breath, so that when you go to the first tee, you can hit the ball just as well as you would say not warming up and then finally getting into that rhythm on like the back nine. So that's first and foremost, it's more than stretching. It's, it's about how you approach it and knowing exactly what you're doing to get the most out of it. Now, beyond that, I just mentioned, you know, tapping into the breath, warming up the nervous system. That's a huge piece of it. You know, you look at these guys that are playing in front of you know, on the tour, the amount of people they're playing in front of, I get nervous playing in front of like, if somebody's waiting to tee off behind me, I'm nervous that they're watching me. And I can only imagine what these pros, like the kind of pressure that they're dealing with. So it's, it's helping us learn how to cultivate focus, to kind of lock in our focus on the ball in front of us to tune out external noises, because there's only so much that we can control on the tee, let alone on the entire course. So we're using these tools of, you know, meditation, watching the thoughts, tapping into the breath to increase our focus, build that concentration that we need to have the tempo and the swing that we want. But then we can also use the breath to help us kind of get into that zone. And then if you think about like, if you're standing over a ball and you take a deep breath in 
on your exhale, you think about just letting any tension go, you're going to have a much smoother and efficient swing than if you're standing there gripping the club, hiking your shoulders up into your ears and just worried about how your shot's going to look. It's going to be a lot better if you let the breath release and then just swing into it with ease. So that's just kind of scratching the surface right there. Well, you scratched it beautifully. Um, Al, I might have gotten ahead of myself a little bit because I got really excited about combining the physical aspects with the mental aspects of being ready to hit that shot, that key shot. But um, maybe it's best to jump back a little bit and say and, and understand how does one start a yoga program, uh, especially one that's, say, golf-specific? This is where I feel like golfers, they have the best intentions and they want to start a yoga practice, but they don't know where to begin. So I'm glad that we're talking about this. Um, and it's one reason why I created the site um, and made an online studio, because I think that people can be intimidated to go to a studio and to try a class because they're not going to be quote unquote good at it. And I have to remind them, like, it's okay to be a beginner and to give yourself the grace to let yourself be a beginner and to be curious about it. I mean, we were all beginner golfers at some point, but again, I think that there's, um, there's that, there's that fear of not being good, of not being flexible enough, which is just, just, that's why we go to yoga to increase the flexibility. You don't have to be flexible in the first place, but for golfers who are looking to get started if you're wanting to try a class in your local area, do a little bit of research, see what kind of classes are out there. You know, it's important to remember that not all yoga is the same. There are so many different styles of yoga. Some styles can be more intense. Others can be more relaxing and kind of passive. Some are in between. So find, find a beginner class, find something that um, will work for your schedule. And again, just don't, don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Uh, people are always like, I'm, I'm going to embarrass myself. Everybody's worried about what they look like on their own mat. So you're going to be perfectly fine. But beyond that, you know, I think for golf specifically, if you can try to find an instructor who is familiar, not only with the game of golf and understands golf, but who understands the biomechanics of the golf swing, because they're going to be able to work with you in a way that will really help you improve areas like shoulder turn, hip strength, hip mobility, improve your posture, help you work with swing concerns like casting over the top, things that translate directly to what you're doing on the golf course. So that's why, again, that's another reason why I built the site is because I wanted to make these classes and these teachings as accessible as possible um, because it's not always easy to find yoga classes that are golf specific. Now, if that's not available, any class that you take, you're going to get all those benefits that we talked about earlier, the balance that's going to help you properly shift your weight in the swing. A lot of twisting movements are going to help you increase shoulder turn, help you generate more distance. Um, so no matter what you do, at the very least, you'll be getting a baseline of that. But like I said, do some research, see what's available. If not, reach out to me, visit the site, and you can get started right away. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that many people listening to us, you know, golf may be their exercise regimen. So at, to your point, if you can find someone that specializes and knows the golf swing, uh, not only will it help you improve strength, flexibility, mobility, the things you want for golf, 
probably will help you avoid injury in those areas you're focusing a lot of your time uh, working on uh, in general. Um, so that's a great point. I think, you know, you might want to dive into yoga just in general, but uh, you can really specialize it if you want to as well. Yes. And just to to follow up on that, I think when golfers think about starting an exercise program, they immediately go to building as much strength and power as they can in an effort to hit the ball as far as they can. And there's certainly nothing wrong with that. But if, if you are to jump into an exercise program or like a weightlifting program and you don't have the mobility in your joints to safely and effectively perform those movements, it's the same as if you're getting a golf lesson or swing lesson and your coach is asking you to adjust your swing or move your body in a particular way. And if you're physically not able to do that, you're setting yourself up for injury, for plateauing in your training. You're setting yourself up at the very least for frustration. So keeping in mind the joint mobility piece of it, yoga and these different movements that we're doing are helping us build that foundational requirement that will allow us to then move the way that our coaches are asking us to do or to lift the weights and not hurt ourselves doing so. So once you you get in that mode where you've decided you want to have a, a regimen, a regular you know practice of yoga uh, mixed into your your exercise, how many times a week would you say is good? And you know length of time, things like that. What what's a, a good starting point for someone? I think it's important to remember that consistency uh, is more important and will be more beneficial than the amount of time that you're practicing yoga. So I tell people just do five to 15 minutes a few days a week, and that will be more beneficial in the long run than if you were just doing like an hour, one day a week. Because that consistency is going to train your muscles and your joints to to make those changes and to adapt in a way um, where you're going to see results more quickly than you would if you just did it once a week. So it really doesn't take as much time as people think to see results. That lends itself to another question we were going to ask about, you know, the typical yoga session for someone who doesn't know what that looks like. It sounds to me like you're saying there's not really a typical yoga session like no <laughs> a yoga session is not confined by 30 minutes or an hour um it could be just five minutes when you have free time yes exactly um you know i think to keep things uh pretty broad the classes that i teach and a lot of the classes that are on the site and in many ways when i work with clients you know we'll start with some centering some breathing exercises. We'll move into that dynamic warm-up that I talked about earlier. And then we'll take it from there based on what that client needs that day. So that might be, and sometimes it's a little bit of everything. It might be building strength from the ground up, working on balance, learning how to utilize the ground, incorporating um, movements through all three planes of motion because the golf swing happens in all three planes of motion. There's twisting, there's balance, there's mobility work. There's all these different things. Um, and then the classes that I have on the site, a lot of them have all those components, but they may be more specific. So there may be something that's more core focused or, or focusing on kind of the powerhouse of the body. There may be something that's more about building glute strength. So um, you're exactly right. It all depends. 
And I like to tailor things as much as possible to the person in front of me or, or the people that I'm trying to reach through these videos. And then back to the time structure, you're right. It all depends on how much time you have. When I'm working with people one-on-one, I usually work with them for about 50 to 60 minutes. But beyond that, people tend to get a lot out of just doing 15 to 30 minutes. Lauren, uh, in terms of getting started, you know, you talked about working with someone is your preference with one-on-one, so to speak, but at least tailoring to each individual, even if you're teaching a class. What if that individual is not particularly athletic or is more than 50 years old or 60 years old or 70 years old? Can yoga still benefit those individuals? And if so, how do you prepare to start a yoga program? The answer is yes. It can still be very beneficial regardless of age, regardless of experience, regardless of how coordinated you think you might be. How you would start is just by jumping in. I mean, I think going back to what we talked about earlier, kind of doing a little bit of research and finding a program either in person or online, or, you know, I really would recommend, especially if you're brand new, it is very helpful to work with an instructor one-on-one. A lot of people, they they prefer that just to get kind of a feel for the movements and what they can expect. And then they may leave that instructor and go take group classes. Others may say, hey, I prefer working one-on-one with you. And they may just, that might just be the format that they do. Um, but I would definitely can recommend that people find an instructor that they can get some individualized um, teaching and attention to. And the other thing is, I think it's critical that folks find an instructor that will do an assessment on them because you may come in saying like, oh, I have tight hamstrings. I just need to lengthen my hamstrings and I'll be good. But an instructor that will do an assessment can really kind of take a look at you from all angles through all different planes of motion and really kind of read, no, this is what you actually need to be working on. And that will inform what classes you take, what programs you do, what you should focus on. And again, just like just like improving mobility first is critical, having that baseline foundation, knowing what you as an individual need to work on is going to get you to where you want to be light years sooner than if you're just kind of going in blindly. Well, uh, no question. The glutes, the hamstrings, so important um, for everything foundationally in a golf swing. But a lot of golfers and certainly older golfers have back issues. Um can yoga help with those back issues or do you, do you need to like not have back issues before you start a yoga program? All back issues are welcome. <laughs> um, no, you can, you, it's totally fine to have some existing aches and pains. Um, you know, I think that's, that's one reason why people end up coming to a yoga teacher or starting a yoga practice, because perhaps they've tried absolutely everything else and yoga is the last stop on the train. But Yes, yoga can be extremely beneficial for not only alleviating pre-existing injuries or aches and pains, but helping to prevent future ones. And a lot of that comes from building balance in the body. So strengthening areas that are a bit weaker, Um, you know, a lot of time with lower back pain, you know, lower back pain is the number one injury in golf. Um, So it's something I see all the time. It may stem from weak hamstrings. It may stem from limited rotation in your mid back and your lower back is trying to pick up the slack. It might stem from weak abdominals or tight hips. So there's always 
much more going on than we think about like the source of the pain that might be where your injury is, but that might not be where it's stemming from. So yoga helps us look at it from a very holistic full body approach. And in doing so, like I said, we create balance. And then over time, people see that that pain just disappears. Uh, oh, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, Joe, <laughs> I've, I've seen, um, gone through Lauren's catalog and she, you have specific videos for, you know, if you, if you're having lower back pain, this is a 20 minute, um, flow that you can do to help alleviate and, and kind of build strength and flexibility in that area. So there are, I know even specifically with, with Lauren, but probably as a whole and in, when you're looking for, uh, an exercise to do, um, there are targeted flows, I guess you would say. Again, mm-hmm. I, I'm not an expert here, but I, I know that a, a a session is 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 called a flow, Joe, uh-huh. for example. I feel feel like I got that one down. All right. Yeah. I'm impressed. But yeah, you can target it and you can find videos that are catered to if you're having pain in a certain area. There there could be some stuff that could help. Absolutely. This episode is presented by Wild Dunes Resort. A resort unlike any other, Wild Dunes offers something for everyone. Award-winning golf, tennis, pickleball, and sparkling pools. Delicious on-site dining and memorable outdoor adventures. Located just outside Charleston in beautiful Isle of Palms, South Carolina, Wild Dunes offers 36 holes of signature golf designed by Tom Fazio. The Lynx course was Fazio's first solo design and is still among his favorites today. From the rustling palms lining the rolling fairways to a finishing hole overlooking the glistening Atlantic, the Lynx course is South Carolina golf at its finest. The Harbor course, another of Fazio's gems known for its challenging design, beautiful views, and most of all, water. From lagoons and salt marshes to the intracoastal waterway, this course will test all aspects of your game. Whether it's an afternoon golf outing or a week-long excursion, you will enjoy every minute of your golf vacation at Wild Dunes Resort. Learn more about Wild Dunes at wilddunes.com. One of the, my favorite part, and again, I've, I've only done like videos, but um, I've always enjoyed going back to the mental side and the breathing aspect of it, it the almost therapeutic aspects of, of yoga, um, centering your mind on what you're about to do, having an intention with your your yoga, your practice, um, your breathing, it's, it almost like, I feel like there, I get like a buzz when I'm doing those things at the beginning of an end of a yoga session where you're really like focusing in on why you started this class or, and did this class to begin with. Do you get that kind of feedback from people who practice with you that it's almost like a therapy session to them? Oh yes. Yes. All the time. And I think I think people become increasingly aware of just how powerful um, the kind of the mental body side of things is. Yes. And that's, that may not be why people initially come to come to me or come to yoga, but you're exactly right. It's something that's um, once they're introduced to it, they just, it just over time builds and builds and builds until that becomes more apparent than almost the rest of it. But, um, but what I've noticed is that, people are seeing results beyond the yoga sessions. You know, they're telling me how they're able to feel much more present when they're on the golf course or just going about their daily activities. They know how to tap into the breath to 
to alleviate themselves from a stressful situation, they know how to not let the previous shot bother them and return their focus to the shot that's ahead of them. So it's, it's always interesting to see how, yes, clients and students will feel the results and feel the benefits of breathing in and doing um, what we call mindset conditioning, some of the meditation side of things in the moment, like during a class. But once it starts to trickle into the rest of your life, that's when people are like, aha, I should have started this a long time ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Close your eyes, set an intention. Remember why you, you started this in the first place. Mm-hmm. And it's-, it's really, it's remarkable the power that our minds have over how we perform, especially on the golf course. You know, there's a story that I love. I was talking with um, a buddy of mine who's a golf instructor, and he was sharing this golfer that he was working with. He he took a practice swing, and it was a beautiful shot. Hit it perfectly. Everything was just in flow, on point. And then they were like, okay, do that again. And they were going to film kind of side-by-side comparisons. And he hit the second shot and he was, he was like, oh gosh, like that was terrible. And they were like, really? Cause come look at these videos and the swings were nearly identical. The difference was his mindset because he was then getting in his head about recreating that shot. And he was thinking, thinking, thinking so much that he just kind of took himself out of the moment. And so it felt far different than it actually was. So the way that we talk to ourselves both on and off the course is, uh, can be a slippery slope, but practicing being present, using the breath, separating from the thoughts, it all, like I said, just trickles into the rest of our lives in the best way. Mm -hmm. Um, Lauren, so again, in my mind's eye, to be honest, I, I look at a yoga class of uh, typically very fit people and the gyrations that they're doing mm-hmm. are like a squid or an octopus <laughs> swimming through the water and their limbs are just absolutely all over the place and it's magnificent and I think of well say me as more of a well like the mummy and scooby-doo just sure. not flexible not moving very well um and and so You know, you see those images and you see like somebody standing on their hands with their legs off to the sides. Okay, never in a trillion years is somebody like me going to be able to do that. But how long would it take if I started a beginner, you know, not terribly athletic to see results and to get some of the benefits I mean, are we talking um, hours, months, you know, not to be the octopus or the squid, but just simply, okay, now I'm starting to see something. I'm feeling it. What, what can you say to that? I love that image of the octopus and the squid, (laughs) but I mean, it, it makes me think like, like I mentioned earlier, people can be intimidated to go to yoga or to try it because they think that they already have to be that sea creature. Um, but what I remind them is, look, we're not, I am not trying to teach you how to stand on your head or bend into a pretzel. I am just working to help you move better and feel better, period. End of story. And if you're a golfer, we're going to help you play better. We're going to help you lower your scores. You're going to enjoy the game a lot more and you're going to play for a lot longer than you originally thought, or maybe originally would have been able to. 
Now, as far as seeing results and kind of making progress, honestly, one session. There's something that I love to do with new students, even those that are stiff as a board. I'll have them do uh, this kind of rotational test at the beginning of a session to see how well you can create shoulder turn and move your spine without doing anything or warming up. We go through a session. Afterwards, we do the same rotational test. And without fail, there's always a 20 to 40% increase in your spinal turn. And you translate that. If you were to then go out to the driving range, think about how much further you're going to hit the ball just from that. So if you can, and I love seeing that because that kind of gives people buy-in and they're like, oh, I can do this. And this is going to help because it will. And if you think how much you can get out of just one session based off of that result, how much more will you be able to get if you make this something that is consistently part of your routine. Again, even if it's only just 15 minutes, three or four times a week. But beyond that, again, I think I think right away, if you have not stretched or done mobility work ever, you might be a little bit sore at first, but that's okay. Um, so I would I would give it give it a couple of weeks. It really doesn't take much time at all to start to see the results. Now, if you really wanted to learn how to do some of those party tricks, we can have a separate conversation. But Simply for improving your golf game and feeling better, not much time at all. Fantastic. Never say never, Joe. I won't. Not here. Next time I see you, I want you standing up on your hands. (laughs) I got to see it. Well, Al, if you're buying the beverages, uh, I might just try that. (laughs) Well, Lauren, you talked about, you know, before a round of golf, stretching is better than not stretching. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, do you this? Have you had people ask you? You know, what is a, a quick routine that I can do before a round of golf? And if you don't mind sharing some trade secrets, what what are some simple things that someone could do and and apply to their routine um, in preparation for a round? Yeah, and on the site, I have uh, currently two different warm ups online. They're each five minutes long. One is fully on the ground. So like if you're still at home and you want to hop down on the floor and do some stretching, but I know that not everybody's going to want to do that when they are on the range or on the first tee. So there's another one that's a fully standing five minute warm up. And what is important to remember, regardless of what movements you're actually doing, like the, the details of that um, don't necessarily matter as much, but it is important to make sure that you are moving your body through all three planes of motion. And what that means for people who are unfamiliar is like you think of of standing over a golf ball that is one plane of motion running that happens in one plane of motion kind of this flexion and extension just kind of staying in your lane you're not moving side to side you're not twisting unless you have a really funky run style in which case i would love to see that but um but you need to do more than just moving your body through that plane. You need to do more than just bending side to side and just twisting. You need to do a little bit of all these. So if you just got a few minutes, I would make sure that you're doing some rounding and extending of your spine, reaching the arms overhead, moving your spine from side to side, loosening up the the obliques or the side, the sides of your waist, because those are big turners in your swing making sure that you're doing some spinal rotation. You know, I see a lot of golfers out there holding a golf club between their hands and they're twisting from side to side. That is great. I would also encourage uh, that you 
warm up the hips somehow. Maybe that's stepping out into a side lunge just to get the hips open because we all, we all, the way that we operate is we all kind of tend to be in this um, flexion state all the time where we're sitting at our desks or in a car. So we need to help the hips and the rest of the body open up, especially as we're preparing for the golf swing. So all that to say, try to open up the shoulders, try to open up the hips, get some rotation in there. If you can do some side bending, just try to move your body in, um, in all three planes of motion. And Hey, if that just looks like taking a bunch of practice swings, that is, that works too, because you're, you're doing exactly that. And how about breathing? Are there some simple breathing techniques that you can offer as well? Yes. And this is one that folks can try right now, unless you're driving. Um, if you place your hands on your rib cage, like right hand over the right ribs, left hand over the left ribs, and you start to breathe in and out of your nose, nice, deep, full breaths. And I want you to bring your awareness to the space beneath your palms. So you're breathing into the ribs. And what you're doing, this is called intercostal or diaphragmatic breathing, where sending the breath, you know, we all tend to breathe up into our shoulders, often without realizing it. So we stay with our shoulders kind of hiking up toward our ears. That's when we build a lot of tension in the shoulders. We're using the neck muscles to, to keep our shoulders there, but we're not utilizing our diaphragm or our main respiratory muscles in the way that they're designed. And just to, to go on a little bit of a tangent, what that's telling our body and our nervous system is that we are in this fight or flight stance all the time. Even when we might not feel stressed, it's still telling us physiologically that that's the case. So when we can take the breath deeper into the torso, when we can breathe into the rib cage, we're letting our body know that we're safe, that it can relax our minds can be a little bit sharper, a little clearer because they're not in survival mode. But then we also can more easily release tension from the neck, from the shoulders. And that, so all of that just allows us to increase circulation, especially in like the powerhouse, the center of the body. Um, but it helps us build focus and concentration for the round ahead. So just do just do a couple minutes, even just taking 10 deep breaths into the rib cage. And that is going to work wonders. Important to remember, Joe, a round of golf is not do or die, right? You don't <laughs> I know have to be a, like a survivor it. out there. I'm breathing easier right now, Al. <laughs> well, Lauren, I know um, you're not the only one who does this. And, and Joe mentioned before we started talking, he's familiar with um, someone who you, who you have learned from, uh, Catherine Roberts. I understand she's like the the god father, godmother of the industry. Um, what, what has she done for this, this industry and, and helped you learn as you, yes. as you started and kept going? She's the best shout out to Catherine. Uh, she is such a, a force in this industry and such a pioneer when it comes to golf fitness. She created yoga for golfers, which is the entire modality that, um, what I do is based off of. Um, so, so yeah, she, in her own community found, saw a need for yoga for golfers essentially, and was able to see pretty quickly how golfers were moving better, feeling better and playing better. Um, so yeah, like I said, she started yoga for golfers and, um, she also does a lot of work with baseball players now too. But, um, as you can see, there's some similarities there. They're both rotational sports, 
Um, but yes, highly encouraged that people look her up, check out the incredible work that she does. Um, she is, she is the expert in this, uh, this field of study for sure. Well, Lauren, uh, Catherine is absolutely wonderful. I can say that from experience, but you have certainly shown plenty of expertise uh, to our listeners today. Um, educate me one more time a little bit about what the difference between a yoga program is and the other one you hear a lot about Pilates. And uh, is one easier or preferred or uh, are both something that people do? Well, first of all, thank you for your kind words. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Pilates because that is something else that I teach. And it's something that um, I really incorporate to the way that I teach kind of this blend of yoga, Pilates and functional movement. Um, you're exactly right. People often kind of confuse the two to be the same thing. They're completely different. Um, yoga has been around for eons. Pilates was invented um, just within the last century. Um, there's a lot of similarities between the two of them. You know, I think something that Pilates is really beneficial for is strengthening, strengthening the entire body, especially the backside of the body, like the back, the glutes, the hamstrings. Um, and I think those are areas that if somebody only does yoga, those areas can be overly lengthened and we really want to strengthen those. Um, so yes, to answer your question, it is something that well, they complement each other really nicely, especially when it comes to increasing mobility, increasing stability, improving balance, including in, including building core strength. And we're not just talking about getting six-pack abs, but building strength in the entire trunk of the body, the powerhouse. Um, so it's there's benefits to both. They kind of cross over pretty easily. Um it depends on what you're looking for. Um, Pilates can certainly benefit golfers as well. I would say there's not as much, of, at least in my experience, there's not as much of the um, the focus on the mind and kind of the meditation and the breathing piece and the concentration and everything that comes from that. It's certainly in there, just not to the degree that I think yoga practices get there. Um, so yeah, and then, like I said, the way that I teach is kind of both yoga and Pilates combined. So it's, it's much more, it can be much more approachable and accessible, um, especially for people who may have, uh, restrictions with, you know, being able to go upside down or to invert their bodies. Pilates can provide a very safe and nice alternative, um, and can help restore strength, rehabilitate injuries, things of that nature. So I don't know that that totally answered your question, but, they're, they're similar and they're different. Pilates is very alignment, kind of spinal alignment focused, strengthening the posture, building core strength from the inside out. Yoga tends to be a little more all-encompassing with the flexibility, the strength, the balance, but there's a ton of crossover between the two. And um, yeah, I would say try both. Thank you again, Lauren. And uh, I understand you have a something of an offer for our listeners. Absolutely. So for your listeners, I would love to offer, well, for anybody, if you go to yogolfperformance.com, that's the name of the online studio, you can automatically get a free seven-day trial. But for Lynx listeners, I would love to offer a free 30-day trial on the site. Um, and I'll be sure to to make sure that you have that link in the show notes. 
Very good. And before we let you go, I understand you also do, it's not your only job. Um, so what else do you do? Um, where else can people find you? And how do you make the perfect s'more? Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, so yes, in addition to yoga performance, kind of like I mentioned earlier, I work with, uh, with people one-on-one. Um, if they're local, I'll work with them in person, but I also work with people online. So um, even if you're not a golfer, I would love to work with you. Uh, but I also work for the American Camp Association, and they are a, uh, a national nonprofit. They serve as uh, an educational resource for anything and everything related to the summer camp industry. Um, it's awesome. I mean, summer camp is the best. Summer camp people are the best. And yes, you are right. Uh, one of the perks of working there is s'more expertise. And, um, well, let me ask you this. Are you, are you more of a milk chocolate or a dark chocolate fan? I can tell you exactly how to make the perfect s'more. I wanted to see what your opinion was, but I've got my answer. It's milk chocolate for me, by the way. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Classic. I like it. Um, you know, this past weekend I was roasting some marshmallows, um, as one does. And I, I just hovered it above the flame for about four minutes and then rotated it for about another four minutes. So it's not a, it's not a fast, we're not just lighting it on fire here unless you really like it well done, Mm -hmm. but you get a nice kind of golden crisp on the outside, but it's still warm and gooey on the inside. And then pretty immediately after that, you get the rest of your ingredients and you just smear them together and have Mm. yourself an excellent s'more. Okay. Well, I would say, personally, you you have to go with the jumbo marshmallow, like the Jet oh, Puff jumbo piece. Sure. So you're not having to worry about one or two regular size marshmallows. The big thing. I like what you're talking about. You know, hover a little bit above the flame. Say maybe a very, very last moment, light it on fire, blow it out very quickly so it's not charred. Make a wish. And then, and mm-hmm. then yes, well, that's... That's a good thing to do for sure. <laughs> whenever you blow out a flame, uh, and you've already got your graham cracker, half of a Hershey's chocolate bar, so a regulation size Hershey bar, already there. So then you go on, smush together, and then pull out your your poker, your stick there. That's the perfect s'more. I'm convinced, uh-huh. but there are more more than one ways to uh, to make that. Joe, Joe any any thoughts think? here? Uh, as a guy who's been described as having marshmallow type abs, um, <laughs> this has been very educational, uh, very educational. I mean, you know, we talked so many healthy aspects in the first part of this podcast and man, to end it <laughs> with a perfect s'more. Okay. That's a little reward maybe for going forth, learning from Lauren, doing the right things with your body for the physicality, for the mental side uh, of improving your golf game. And then, yeah, let's have a little chocolate, some marshmallow and some graham cracker and uh, call it a nice summer day. It's all about balance. Mm. Pun very much intended. (laughs) There you go. All right. Well, thanks again, Lauren, uh, for everything today. Uh, again, you can follow her. Yo Golf Performance is her online uh, company. I, I guess I could say yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, um, um, yeah. yeah. And if 
if folks are interested, um, you know, I have a YouTube channel as well. If they want to try some free videos and just get a feel for what my teaching style is like, um, not all of those are golf specific, but again, it'll give you a good feel. If you just look up Lauren McMillan yoga on YouTube, um, otherwise, uh, I am on Instagram at yoga underscore performance. Um, or you can find me at Lauren M McMillan. And if folks want to contact me directly, feel free to email me at info, I-N-F-O, at lauren.yoga. All right, Joe, here's your last test. How do we end the session here? What's the magic word? Marshmallow. <laughs> Lauren? Um, you start using that. <laughs> no, Al, uh, honestly, uh, it's just been really educational for me because um, a little bit of a skeptic on this front, although I've seen the benefits that it's produced for people. But the way, Lauren, you described this, the barriers to entry are not very high. It's simple. After five minutes or one session, you're going to get something out of it that can help your golf game. And even at links, when we deal with so much about playing the best golf courses, boy, how much more you'd enjoy them if you felt better doing it and played better golf while you were doing it. So thank you for sharing this with us. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you all for having me. You're welcome. And namaste. That was it. <laughs> which, which might translate to marshmallow. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. Thank you.